Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Sidebar with Cindy. So this evening, as I've mentioned, we have a very important um, topic to, to talk about. Um, yesterday was Mother's Day. And whenever Mother's Day comes up, for some people, it's, you know, it's a great day to celebrate their moms and so on. And for other people, it's a day of sadness because you're mourning the loss of your mom. And so I'm one of the other people that is still grappling with having to navigate life without a mom. And, you know, grief comes in different forms. So as an adult, I've learned to, to speak about it, to let it out, to cry when I have to. I have a very strong support system. But have you ever wondered how babies, children and teenagers grieve? You know, they grieve in bursts. They need ongoing attention. They need reassurance. They need support. But the challenge is that they don't always show grief in the way that we do. So grief is the internal process and mourning is the outward process. But some kids don't always show the outward process. So you don't always know what they're going through. So this evening's topic is quite a heavy one, but a very important um, topic for us to discuss. So you can start calling on 86 you can SMS us on 36959. But before we start taking your calls, I'd like to welcome my two guests. So I'm in studio with Sepiso Matlala and with Dakalo Chisapungo. Welcome to the show, ladies. Good evening. Thank, thank you. And thank you so much for being here. So today's topic is a heavy one, but I'm so glad that we are going there. Because my experience of, of grief and death and so on is that we don't actually talk about it. We don't actually talk about it. So let's start there. How come we don't discuss death and dying and grieving? Sepiso. Um, I think the first start is that when it comes to grief, grief is actually like a natural response to loss. So we don't just grieve death, but we grieve that the loss of something that is valuable. So grief is actually a result of losing something which is valuable. So be it a relationship, be it a person, a be it toy, an object, okay. anything. It's because it meant something to you. So sometimes I think we don't talk about grief because it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable because I think sometimes as adults or as parents, the pressure becomes, will my child understand? You know, after they understand what trauma would they go through because remember once I understand something and I have to process it at the end of the day understanding loss is at the end of saying this person or whatever that is that I valued will not come back Mm -hmm. so I think sometimes we're afraid of how do then the outcome of the reality of the fact that they are not coming back the finality of the situation yes so that's what I think Takalo yeah, I think it's more or less the same thing because it also depends on how we're socialized. In our community, do we talk about death that much? Talking about death, you know, sometimes you'll be shocked when you want to talk about death. People will say, you are kissing me, I'll end up dying. So let's not discuss this. And by not discussing death or grief at the end of the day, are we addressing the emotions attached to grieving mm. or we are sh- running away from the emotions? But are we doing it intentionally? Or is just that thing you're, I don't want to address this. This is not for me mm. to address. And then I just decided to block everything and not talk about it. And so that's a superstition around discussing death with someone that's still alive. Yes. And I think many of us, we shun that. 
Well, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Kai FM 95.9, Sidebout Cindy. And I'm in studio with um, Tipiso Matlala and Dagalo um, Chisapungu, who are both social workers. And we're discussing grieving in children and how to, and how to work through it. Um, so how is grief different for children? How are their experiences different from ours as adults? With what I've picked up working with children is that, going back to what Dagala has said, um, with, with what we've picked up a lot is that we are very quick to show the anger side of our emotions as adults. So children understand disappointment, children understand anger. But when it comes to hurtful emotions, we don't express that. So when we receive the news, you want to cry, but when your child is there, you just wipe your tears off. So kids go through the emotion of, I don't want to cry because if I cry, then it means mommy or daddy will cry even more because they saw how you reacted. So most of the time, our children internalize their emotions because they are worried about hurting the adults. Mm. So they carry it within themselves because they don't want a certain reaction as well as children because kids are egocentric. It's all about them. So they are the cause. So they don't want to cause any Huh. And unfortunately, we then interpret their silence or withdrawal as as if they're coping. Yes, yes. that's the missing that's the missing you know misinterpretation. Yes, I think normally you'll find that kids are griefing. You'll find the kids playing, doing the normal things that they are doing, but in most cases, you find that child. It's creating a safe place for themselves to say, let me not think about this thing because I am not supposed to think about them like what Tepiso is saying. Because if I think or I talk about it, I'll be hating mommy or daddy or whoever the caregiver. Mm. I'll be hating them even more. So let me create this morning and heaven for myself. But now the problem, when the triggers comes, what's going to happen? Because there will be something that will end up triggering these emotions that we don't want our kids to talk about. Mm. And in terms of approaching... Um, grief, telling a, a child or a teenager that a loved one has passed away, what's the best way to go about it? We need to be concrete. I think the, the one thing that we also need to be cognizant of as adults is that by the age of three, a child understands loss. It's by just the a, age of three, yes, Sebiso? From the age of three, a wow. child understands loss. Because if they lose something, they'll come back to you and say, I lost something. You know, so already remember when we said grief, it's not only about losing a person, it's something mm. valuable to you. Mm. And you'll see them act out, they'll either cry because they can't find their toy, you know, things like that. So already they're showing you that they, they can express that emotion of when I lost something and I can't find something that's valuable to me. And when, we, when I'm saying being concrete is that we don't need to give them the horrific details depending on how the death occurred but most of the time it's easier when somebody has been sick because they've you know they've, once they've in a while seen they can the see process. Yes, yes. but from the age of three our kids understand so we use we need to use the solid words but we don't need to obviously give them the gory details of what happened but we need to give them the solid words to say they've died what does that death mean they're not coming back there's one thing that we need to make them you know not the thing of we've lost them because sometimes they lose a toy and they find it weeks oh, later yes you're so right you're saying, the terminology yes the terminology you're saying, no you we lost maybe we lost granny but they know they found a toy maybe several weeks later. so in their head they're like oh no we'll find granny Kukuzobu, Kukuzobu, yeah. Yeah, yes well, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar with Cindy, and I'm in studio with Dagalo um, Chisapungo and Utsepiso um, Matlala on KFM 95.9, and we're discussing grieving in children. Um, Dagalo, so in terms of communicating death, especially in a cultural way, how, how, how are the different ways, or what's the commonest way that death is communicated to a child, you know, culturally? You know, 
I think culture differs. Mm-hmm. But in my culture, normally what they do when a child, when there's a death in the family, I don't know in English term, severa. Like they whisper something and then when the child say yes, apparently the child's supposed to respond. Now when the child respond while the child is sleeping, now we have dealt with it. Mm-hmm. We are no longer going to talk about it. But forgetting that the child has been interacting with this person. The child was seeing this person. Now, all of a sudden, the person is no longer there. Then how do we address that? Because like what episode was saying, the terminology, you know, when growing up, you'll hear, they will be telling you, Malume is sleeping. And when a person is sleeping, I expect the person to, to wake, wake up. up. And you'll check when you pass graveyards. The kids will say, Malume lele lap. Malume is sleeping there. That's what we are telling our kids. Mm. These people, they sleep and then they'll wake up. And the child will keep on waiting for the person to wake up. So I think it's very much important. I don't want to tap much on culture because people will feel offended. But I think it's better even though we respect culture. Mm. But let's also address the emotions behind the, the loss of something because that's, that's important. Because if you check an issue of severe, then what? You say, well, this child, it and say, we're no longer talking about it. Is, th- is that us dealing with a grief? Mm. Mm. And also cooler and ask questions in any case, and, and you'll have to address them. Yes. You'll have to address them. And so what are the, some, so what are the, what are some of the signs that, you know, us as parents or caregivers can look for um, to identify that our child is grieving? So, and this is now in the context of the fact that a child won't necessarily cry or, or scream or, or tell you how they're feeling. What could we possibly be looking for? Sometimes our kids, what, with, with what we've mostly experienced is that kids, most of the time, they act out in misbehavior. Mm. So we mostly have clients coming in because the child is misbehaving. And when you find out and ask them, what is it that went wrong before this child, you know, when then they'll tell you, oh, no, somebody, when they start thinking about it, then they'll tell you, oh, it's because we lost whoever, whoever. So most of the time our clients come in because the child starts misbehaving. Mm. So one of the things is misbehavior. Or maybe the child was talkative and then all of a sudden the child doesn't talk So withdrawing. So withdrawing. So sometimes our kids are very different. Most of the time, even the marks change. So if it's a child of school going age, the marks will change, the marks will drop. And yeah, so those are some of the things. Sometimes they become even aggressive they hit other children, you know, so the behavior changes. Most of the time, behavior changes. So when your child starts acting different to what they normally used to be, then we do know that there is grief going through them. And how do you then, um, you know, so the parent comes in and tells you that the child has been acting out. Um, how do you then, how, does it, how do you expect, not expect, expect is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. How then do you advise the parent to then deal with this elephant in the room, you know, this thing that's on the table? Well, mostly with what we pick up is we also going back to what Dakala has said about the socialization. So we also look at how the parents themselves react. So you'll have to because, ask them. Yes. So okay. most of the time we actually start with the parents and we, we obviously will see how parents like communicating, how do they communicate, what makes them uncomfortable, you know, things like that. So then we know when we approach the child, most of the time when the children come in, we act like we don't even know why they're there. Okay. And we give them, the, you know, the, the leeway. So you'll ask them, okay, you're the captain of the ship, what is it we're going to do? Then they'll tell you, I want whoever ever in the ship. And you'll ask, okay, you tell me about these people. And they're like, oh, but these two people or oh, this one person is not there. 
then you start understanding. Okay, now we now we're dealing. Now okay. we're going to the part of the loss. And then we take it from there. So okay. there are different ways of dealing with the change. Well, you're listening to KFM 95.9 side about Cindy, and um, you can call us on 086 00959 SMS us on 36959. We'll be taking your calls as we discuss the topic of grieving in children. Um, Takalo. So in the work that you do, I know that you guys work together. Um, the, the, the stages of grief in adults, and, um, um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross has, dis- has discussed, you know, there's a denial part, there's acceptance, and then there's bargaining. No, it's denial, anger, bargaining. Depression. Acceptance. Depression and then acceptance, right? So that's, that, that's what a lot of us as adults have gone by. Does that apply to kids? Is it so easy to, 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 to box kids into those categories? Yes, I think more or less the kids are human beings like us. And they grieve more or less the same as we grieve. Mm. Because when it comes to denial, the kids will be displaying that, no, I'm in denial, I'm in denial stage, this didn't happen, why it's happening. Now the anger is coming, maybe the behavior that episode was talking about to say, now this child is being angry, they're displaying the behavior. And now they come to bargaining way and now the child's like, no, but if I behave better, mommy will not have died. Uh-huh. If I did this better or did in another way, mommy could have still be here. You, you see, so the, the, those five stages they also apply to kids, and that's when they end up internalizing stuff and blaming themselves. Exactly, okay. because maybe mommy passed away because I was delinquent. I didn't wash the dishes. I didn't do this and that. So they start to blame themselves to say maybe if I didn't do that, it was not going to happen. Okay, yeah. But the stages do not go in chronological order. Yes. For all of us or for children in general? Everybody. Everybody. Okay, yes. so, so different stages can come at different times. Yes. Okay. So going to Twitter, you can tweet us um, at KFM Talk and, and, and the hashtag to use is sidebar Cindy and the other hashtag is KFM Talk. Um, we have a tweet from Sile and she says that when my grand died, I didn't know how to grieve and I still don't because I have experienced even more losses and it's very overwhelming. I was always told to stop crying because it makes the ancestors upset mm-hmm. and those who have passed on will not find peace. Um, I, I, I think I experienced this when, you know, when my granny passed away in 1994. That's one of the things that I was told, that because, you know, so that's difficult as a child to, to hear. I think it, it is difficult, and going back to what Dagalo was saying in terms of us respecting the culture, with what I'm picking up, it's mostly because it's uncomfortable. Mm. Remember as well, even as the adults, you are going through loss. You also At trying the same to, time. you know, you also trying to figure it out. Mm. You also trying to figure out the routine if this was a maybe a breadwinner or you know a partner. So I think most of the time we do a lot of things because it's a way for us to try and cope. And also having our kids now having a meltdown will might trigger meltdown in us. So if I'm weak, then what are my kids gonna think about me? And maybe to add on what Sepi is saying, what we've normally picked up when they're saying, don't cry, don't, 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 they, they don't want to address the emotions. The adults, they don't want to address it. So the only way, because I'm scared of ancestors. I don't even know who are the ancestors. If they're saying to me, ancestors won't behave. You know, culturally, you don't want to tap on the issue of the ancestors. You will respect them mm-hmm. as they are and it ends there. So most of the time, 
adults say that because now what they're scared to address the emotions. Like Tepi saying, it's not only the loss that affect the child, also as an adult I'm affected, so I don't want to address that. So it's very much important also for the adults to address their grief so that they'll be able to assist the kids. Mm, so we have another tweet from Utsulu Mafuko and she's saying, my sis passed when I was 12. I'd never known a way to speak freely because my mom was not so keen about speaking um, about our feelings. The day my sis died was the only day I've seen my mother cry. I'm glad my um, sister, another sister is still alive 18 years later and we can still speak of our pain. That's, that's one of the most important things of finding someone or finding a group to speak to. I think the more we speak about it, the more we actually also get the healing because it's, even in therapy we speak mm. or we write. You know, so there's different ways, but it's always about letting it out. Don't keep it inside. Okay. And that's important. Yes. That's, that's the hardest part, but that's, that's the yes. most important part. Mm. <laughs> that's the cracking of the nut. And and getting kids to then speak about it is is what you guys do. That's what that's that's your that's your thing. You're able to get kids to express all of these feelings. Yes. So have you ever had cases where the kids are not willing to discuss any of this with their caregivers or or, or, or relatives, but are wanting to speak to you about it? Mm. Yes. It's always the case. Remember the kids they talk to someone they feel comfortable with and in most cases when we say the kids must talk about it let's not force it because you'll find the more you force it the child will close and then the child will never talk to you because now as social we know parents would say but social workers said they must talk about it so allow them to talk at their own pace you know the kids will normally start it normally so, mommy i'm no longer seeing grain what's happening i will talk tomorrow so that's where in when they start to talk about that engage the child, engage the child in a language that they will understand. So let's not force it and let's allow them to express their emotion, allow them to talk the way they understand this loss because sometimes you'll find worry at home you never experience loss but they know about it at school yeah the friend is, talk, is talking about the loss like the toy that we're talking about so let them give them that pace they say you'll talk at your own pace and I'll be there to listen to you Okay, so we're taking a call. Usmadzadza is on line one and he's calling us from Guatema. Good evening, Usmadzadza, and welcome to Kaya FM. Thank you very much. You know, it's a very important topic that we are discussing. And I really speak uh, especially from the church's side because, you know, we have this this, this uh, tradition of saying uh, somebody else has passed on or the family has been bereaved. We go there the church or the church members to go and offer our prayerful support and messages of condolence. Yeah. Okay? What happens there at the homes? You find that the children are just given uh, errands to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, when, when, when the people are bringing messages of condolence, the children will be asked to make tea and cakes for the people who are coming in. They will be given other errands. In other words, the people who receive messages of comfort and, and condolence are adults who are in the bedroom on the mattress and some. But the children, it's as if the death does not affect them. You know, they're not given a chance to be ministered to by the people who bring prayers of support and all that. And I think we need to change that paradigm. I, I, I have initiated that actually in, 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 in my church in that when we visit a family that is bereaved, I ask everybody, everybody, I, I ask them to stop what they're doing, even in the kitchen or whatever. Yes. Everybody must come inside here so that there are also recipients of these messages of prayerful support and all that. Because you find that now children can't heal because they've not been ministered to. 
and and that and they haven't they don't have an understanding of how permanent the situation is because they're running around instead of actually helping them accept the situation exactly you know you know i mean otherwise now and, and my mother passed on in 2016 i've not recovered and i know the reason it's because i was running around as an as the eldest son i was running around preparing for the i didn't have time to receive messages of comfort and grieving and all mm-hmm. that I'm, now imagine with the children what, what, what impact it has on the children we have not been ministered to well, that's amazing, Smantat, and I really, you know, I, I applaud what you're doing in your church, and I'm glad that you called in and, and shared that with us, because you're right, you brought up a very valid point, and thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Bye. Alice Take on Tate Puso calling us from South Hills on Line 2. Good evening, Tate Puso. Yes, that's well. You, you, you're touching your raw wound. Very raw. I'm 60 what? And and uh, how how work uh, uh, grieving children? Mm. I, I sometimes I don't think I grieved enough because uh, it, uh, people forget that children grieve. You know, um, my my parents died when I was there, yes. and my sister committed suicide. She was eleven soon after my father died, mm. and. Uh, I had to, to deal with with that grief alone because you know in our black community Karnet, uh, I was talking about we think we don't feel it and uh, you know one you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to prepare people about my death because we can only cancel nothing. You know, and they don't want to believe that uh, I've got to die. I've got to die, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to prepare them for, for the eventuality thereof. And the reality of what's coming, Tate Puso, have you, have you sat okay. down and spoken to them about it? Yeah. Have you sat down and spoken to them? I have. No, I don't have children of my own. But my my my, my siblings, my, the children, and what and what they, they can't take it. How can I have a little more now? You see, the one that there's an eventuality to my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I cannot go, what was I not the other day? I was in such pain, extreme pain. Mm. Yeah, so I had to tell them, Lord, I've got to go. So that I prepare them for what's coming. That, 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 that's coming. It's got to come. Yeah. yeah. Because we, I was not. I was not. And I took a lot. Uh, 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 a lot of years, I'm 60-something. Yeah. And I, I'm still having to deal with my mother's death, my father's death, my sister's death, my... Mm. No, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Ntati Puso. Oh, bless you, Wanaka. And keep on... This kind of discussion. Yeah, bong. <laughs> they, they, they are healing us. 
interesting. Marcus is going to confirm the, the, the reality, but they are really, really not. Thank you so much. Bless you. Okay. We have Ukolile on the line, on line one, and she's calling us from Kempton Park. Good evening, Ukolile, and welcome to KFM 95.9. Hi, ladies. How are you? Good, Hi. thank you. I'm okay, thank you. Um, This conversation, like that the person said, it, it opens up a lot of wounds. I remember, Mina, a couple of years ago, um, I was eight months pregnant when my my brother died. And upon hearing the news, you know, when we go to the family to meet and everything. Yes. As soon as I started crying, I said, no, you can't do that. You're pregnant. Think of the life that you're carrying. And I, I had to put my feelings aside just for my unborn child, which I felt was a bit unfair because I couldn't say goodbye to my brother the way I wanted. And... After the birth of my child, obviously now I'm focusing on my daughter and I'm excited. It only hit me months later to say, you know what, I haven't dealt with this. And I was not able to. Thereafter, there was like more death coming in the family. So it, it's true that when you don't deal with something, it later on catches up with you in life. It's just talking about this, I just miss him so, so much thinking about him and the fact that I didn't give myself a chance. Oh, yes, you know, and I, I somehow, somehow, I blame my family to say, why couldn't you allow me that five minutes to cry? What yeah. harm would it have done? You know, just that five minutes for me to cry and be myself because the pain that I was feeling at that time is indescribable. And, at, and now, Kolile, um, how have you come to terms with that? How have you made peace with what happened? Well, it, it, it does come to me, but, you know, I, I, I take the fact that he left a beautiful baby girl and I look forward to, to helping raise him so he's left a memory for us. Mm. It's not easy. It, it, it's more than five years it happened. It's not easy. Next month is going to be his birthday and the same month of the anniversary of his death. So it gets to be a bit, you know, not so nice the month of June. But I, I try as much as I can to do with it. Okay, Kolile, thank you so much for your call. All right, then. Thank you. So, Tsipiso Matlala and Takalo um, Chisapungo in studio with me on Sidebar Cindy on Kai FM 95.9. And we're discussing, um, um, you know, grieving in children. So we had a very emotional call from Muntate Puso and, uh, and, you know, another emotional call from Okolile around, you know, the rituals around mourning, especially Muntate Puso's call. I think that touched my heart. Like, it really struck a chord. Tsipiso? You know, um, I, I, I remember... My mom once sent us down. So my mom was, has had that conversation with us as the children. Yeah. It was uncomfortable, you know, like having to sit and have that perception, you know, but it helps. So you, you know, know, so, it, so you are prepared. Yes. So you know where her policies are, you know where her wills are, you know where everything is. What she wants to happen to her assets and all of that. So at what age would you think it's appropriate to have that chat with a, with a, with a child? Well, obviously, in terms of children, when we talk about children, obviously, we talk about people below the age of 18. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's, it's, it's appropriate to put that much of a burden on a child in terms of your assets and where you want to be buried, you know, and all of that. But I think you, you, it's, 
when you're having adult children, then that's the talk to have because the last thing you need is now for everybody to be fighting and every family does have a child. It doesn't need to be your biological child, but every family has a child. So the last thing we need are the feuds now that are going on as well. So I think the whole thing now about even burial and all of that also adds on to the grief, you know, because then there's logistics and we don't deal with the emotions and there's the anger, you know, because remember what we also said about the stages of grief, they don't go in chronological order. So sometimes by the time the burial and everything's happening, some people are in anger. Yeah. So they're not actually angry about the fact that this person not being buried where they want this person. It's the it's anger of the fact anger of the loss, of, you know? Yeah. So we interpret it differently. So it's, it's, it's about having the right conversations with the right people and also with your children if they're under the age of 18, even as teenagers or whatever, but let them know, you know, like they must know. That one day. One day. It might happen to me. But also sometimes what I also find with even with adults, we always make it about as if the adult's the one who's going to die first. Hmm. And we, our kids have to also have that thing in, in their heads knowing that anybody can die at any moment. Mm. And how do we then deal with it? Where is my support? Who do I go run to? Apart from the fact that we also can get professional help. Hmm. I mean, Takalo, earlier on, um, you know, when we were chatting, you, you explained to me how your family prepared for the passing away of your mother. So mm. you sat down, even knew where the policies were and so on. Would you have invited um, older children into that conversation? Or was it just you and your siblings? No, I, fortunately we were adults by that time. Mm. So I think the conversation was easy, but we didn't involve our kids. Okay. It was only I and my sister who sat down and like, but I think for us it was easy because she was sick for a very long time. Mm -hmm. You know, we end up saying to ourselves, let's not be selfish. Let's allow her to live in peace because at the end of the day, if you are sick for a very long time, it also puts strain on you. It, you know, seeing your mother like that, there's something that you don't want to see from your parent or from someone that you love. You want these people to live in a peaceful manner, the way you want to remember them. So for us, I think it was easy, but at the end of the day, it doesn't stop you to grieve. I still miss my mother even today. Like what we were discussing or next week, next month is the month that she passed away. We need to do some ritual celebration for her. But does that make the pain go away? It doesn't. Mm. Mm. So we're taking calls. 086-00-00959. We have Sengezo um, calling us from Haniji on line one. Good evening, Sengezo. Hi, Dr. Cindy. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for calling. Okay. Um, Cindy, thank you so much for your talk. Just a couple of weeks ago, we are talking about my friend's daughter. Uh, my friend passed away when the daughter was about 12. So, it, you know, it's so easy in the African culture to dismiss kids, you know. Mm. Everyone was crying and everything like that. But when, when, when I saw her... Um, and she was so strong. She was the one who was saying, "Ah, oh, sorry, mommy, about your friends and all that. And I kept saying, you know what? Umamoy is so strong and all that. But now, when I look back and when I listen to you guys, I realize, Guti, we, we dismiss her and her grief totally. And then it comes back later on because now she's starting to behave, you know, like the caretaker, the person that's staying with her. She's complaining about her behavior and all that. And I'm realizing that, it must be that grief that's coming back that we didn't take seriously because she was a strong girl, you know? We, we, we are just quick, so quick to jump on. She's so strong, man. Her mom has died, but you know, she's the one, she's playing, she's making jokes and all that. But because she's a child and we just don't take it seriously, I think. So so we'll, I suppose there'll have to be an intervention. Mm. Yes. Mm. 
Um, not really, not really. It's you know now the complaint is uh, on the behavioural change, and it's a sudden change. So. I think it's what people need to go back to and say, you guys, we need to address what this child went through. And maybe from there, you know, we can handle it. Okay. Thank you so much, Singh. Well. I'll, I'll, I'll um, ask, you know, our guests, and yes, um, yes, to advise on yeah, how to advise we, further. Yes, okay, yes. Th- thank th- you. Thank you so much. Takalo? I think as counseling is very much important because if you check, she's playing, she's doing all these things, and then now all of a sudden the behavior change. Because I think the other thing that we need, we tend to share away is that if there's a grief and then the child is doing what she normally does, it's fine. The child is coping. There's nothing wrong with this child. Forgetting that, like I indicated before, kids live or not, they create a safe haven for themselves. You'll find out oh, this is my way of coping. I don't want to be reminded of what happened. Of what has but happened. Exactly. And then now when the triggers are coming, what's going to happen? And the other things in the, I think we're heading too much behind culture. We don't want to discuss this thing. Is it culture? Does the culture say, don't talk about it? Because if you check before, when we talk about the sex talk, we used to say, it's culture. We are not supposed to talk about this thing. And it's happening. Reality is there. It's happening. Why are, you, why are we hiding behind culture? Why are we not addressing this issue? Because at the end of the day, death is there. Loss is there in the family. It will happen at the end of the day. Mm. And silence is not always golden, hey? Not at all. Silence is not always golden. So in this case, this young girl will probably need some form of counselling. Yes. Natty on the line from Joburg South. Good evening, Natty. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm fine, thanks. Um, This is a sensitive topic. It's unfortunate that I got in the middle of the topic. But for me, personally, it's hard. I've lost two most important ladies in my life, and I didn't even make it to their funeral. Um, because of family indifferences. Uh, the first one was my grandmother. She raised me for the half of my life, about nine years. And then the second one was my stepmother. Well, I didn't realize that I loved my stepmother until her passing. So it's, I think till this day it haunts me that I actually wasn't there because I kept on holding on to the fact that maybe once I made it, I'm going to go back and say thank you. And fortunately, I didn't get the chance. Hmm. So, and because um, I, I, sh- I moved province, like initially I'm from Devon, but now I'm in Chobek. So when it happened, like the passing of my stepmother, I think it was last year, if not the year before. Hmm. I can't even remember. Oh, it was in June last year. Yeah, it was in June last year. So I was, you know, I was crying myself to sleep day in and out. And people around me didn't, like, they couldn't understand the depth of the pain. Because today, I, I mean, today I can wash and clean and do all those things that she taught me. Yeah. But at that time, when it, when it was happening, I was like, she's abusing me because she's my stepmom. But ultimately, she was actually helping me. And teaching and, um, Yeah, to, you know, to be able to do things on my own. And yeah, the very same person, I didn't make it to the funeral because I was not communicating with my dad. Yeah. So it was bad. And then my dad called me. He was begging me. He was crying. Yo, the pain of that guy's cry. I was like, but my dad has always been the Superman. Now he's crying. How do I console him off the phone? Mm. And I still I still didn't go to the funeral because of, yeah, because I was scared. Because I, had, I also hadn't seen him in like six or seven years. Mm. So it, it was very deep. It was very deep. Even with my grandmother. My grandmother, I actually have uh, recordings on my laptop because um. When I was fighting with my dad, like that, the, the whole fight, she she called me, though I hadn't seen her in a while, because I'd last saw uh, her in 2010, and she passed away in 2013, September. And I kept on saying to her, no, but it never happened. Never happened. 
Yeah, and like I think it's, it just was an eye opener for me as well. Like to being, you know, like stop procrastinating or waiting for the perfect time or the perfect moment. Try and see those close to our. Yeah, that's as true. much as possible. That's yeah. a reality check for most of us. Thank you so much for your call, Nati. Thank you. So we have Erna calling us from Clip Refer on line four. Good evening, Erna, and welcome to KFM 95.9. Good evening. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, good. Can't complain. Can you hear me? Yes, Erna. We can, we can hear you. Yes. I'm Erna from Clip Refer. I'm just saying about my son. I lost my son three months ago. Mm. He was 11 years, 8 months. And what I realized going through grief as well, is, you know what, sometimes when you love somebody so much and you spend a lot of time with them, there's also that that you don't have guilt. You know what lost is guilt? Like I had the, few, the previous caller said, he, he, he delayed in going to his granny. But with me, there's such a peace in my heart knowing that the love that I had for my son was there and it comforted me a lot during this time. And you did everything that you could and, and, that, and, that, and that keeps you going. Yes, but he wasn't sick. He just went to sleep and he never woke up the next day. That must have been very challenging, Erna. And it probably it still was. is. It was, but you know what's keeping me alive? It's my faith in God. Hmm. You'll never put something in your road when you're not too strong to carry it. That's true. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you so much. We have Utembi from Centurion on 9-7. Tembi, welcome to Kai FM 95.9. Thank you so much. So you're asking us, um, is dating a man whose children's mother has passed away advisable? That's your question. Yes. Yes. So um, what is happening is that um, uh, the person I'm dating, um, the mother of the children passed away. And um, because I'm in a relationship with him, then I have a relationship with the children. Automatically, uh, yes. Yeah, sorry? Yes, automatically you are having a relationship with the children as well by virtue yes. of having a relationship with their dad. Yes. But sometimes I feel that um, when... I've, because I'm getting so close with the children, he feels that he is betraying their mother. Um, you know, like um, it's like they they are beginning to forget about her, or you know, or he is beginning to forget about her, or things like that. So I just wanted to ask, how do I deal with a situation like that? Okay, thank you. So we have Tipiso Matlala and Dutakalo Chisapungo in studio, who are both social workers. Um, Tipiso, comments on 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 um, Undombi's um, situation. I think looking at it, it's 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 about it starts off with how he perceives grief and the acceptance part of it. You know, the thing is with acceptance. When we hear the word acceptance, it means I move on and I forget. But acceptance is how do I cope? How do I? move on with my daily activities without having to crumble down, you know, things like that. How do I function? So because I can go a day without crying does not mean I forgot, you know, and even with the children, just because they are able to go through a day and laugh and whatever does not mean they forgot. But we still need to live. We still need to, you know, and also 
what is it that we are telling our children as well when we're in a relationship? Did we say, are we replacing mommy? What is it that we, we spoke about? And also us as a couple, how are we planning out our relationship? What do I understand my role in this relationship? Do I understand his role in the relationship? And how do we, the two of us, fit in with the children who have lost their mother? So would it be useful for UTMB to have a conversation with the children, sit down with them and, and discuss the loss of their mom? I think the first step would be the father. Yes, because if you can hear what he's saying, the father is the one who's saying, I'm betraying their mother. Mm. So I don't think at this stage the Mm. kids have issues that she can just jump and address at this stage. I think the boyfriend, if I can call him that, he has not yet dealt with his issues with the loss. And because he has not dealt with the loss and now he's saying, I'm betraying their mother, it might go back to the kids to say, you are replacing our mother, Mm. you think you are our mother. So it's important for the guy first to have some sort of therapy counseling to deal with his loss. Then he'll be able to have a proper relationship and to accept the lady to say, now we can get married, we can move on you can be a woman i want in my life yeah so that's that's very valid um advice especially you know as you say it doesn't sound like he's dealt Mm -hmm. with the passing away of his of his um children's mom okay so we have um umpumi from morningside online too pumi welcome to kfm hi how are you good thank you i'm i'm good good i i was actually just driving and listening to the to the conversation um, and I actually happen to be in the medical fraternity as well. You know, one of the things, and, and I think one of one of the uh, the ladies mentioned something about, you know, why sometimes do we hide behind culture? Why don't we talk about things? And and, and one of the things that I find a lot is that we often don't give people a chance to acknowledge just how difficult it can be to talk about these things. Yeah. Not to avoid them, but an acknowledgement that communication is actually a skill. And sometimes when you grow up never having a conversation even about, you know, uh, about about sex with your parents and stuff, suddenly then talking to you about this about what are you guys doing? Mm. Um, and, 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 and we come from generations of passed on um, sort of like this uh, uh, secrecy of things never being dealt with and talked about. And, and, and I think you, you've raised an amazing, amazing point about, you know, professional help and social. But we need to uh, uh, break the stigmas that asking for help is not a weakness, first of all, and not knowing how to communicate um, is, is something that can be learned, something that can be helped. And, and, and being able to not only just diagnose the, the, the situation and say, well, we hide behind this or this, but to be able to practically say, I understand that talking about this is difficult. Here is what you actually can do. One, two, three. Because I think sometimes we, we, we're good at diagnosing, but, but not so much at, at working with people through what they are really going through. And yeah. what actually causes people to hide behind excuses and things is, 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 is the fear. It's the anxiety of, yeah. of, of not knowing how to handle um, their own emotions, handling the situation, how will they look to the next person. Yeah. And, and only, we always want to, to look like we are okay even when we are not even so when we are not that that's is, so it, true it's very important let's give people permission to say I'm not good at communicating. I've never known how to talk to my kids about this or, or that. Um, and, and that's okay. And say, you can learn that. Yeah. Step by step, this is what we can do with you so that you get to a point where you can address certain issues. And when we talk, I'm, 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 I assume that's what we talk about, is say, give people a, a coping skills, give people fishing rods, not just fish, you're going to be okay today, pills or whatever it is. 
thank, no, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And it's true. I mean, we are here, we're sharing and we're learning and unlearning as well. Mm. So each day that we have these discussions, you learn something new, you unlearn something old, and, and things can only get better. We have Umaki from Timbisa on line one. Good evening, Maki. Good evening, ladies. How are you? Good, thank Good you. Evening. I'm fine, thank you. Um, thank you so much for giving me a chance to talk to you. Um, I hope I'm not going to cry because this is also new to me. Um, I lost my sister in January. Yes. Uh, initially, my mother's kids, we are four girls. So all my sisters passed away. I'm left alone with the kids. And I'm not coping. I'm not sure how to. Um, I don't know how to help the kids uh, mourn the loss of their mother, especially the ones that the mother passed away this January. Mm-hmm. Um the first born is she's 27 years old and then the other one is 22 and then the last born is 14. Mm. So um, the 27 year old, she is she is so stubborn. You try to help her, you try to talk to her. Do you need help? Do you need counseling? Do you need this? Instead, she uses alcohol and partying as her coping mechanism. When I try to talk to her and show her that this is not the way to go about it, um, the reason I came back home because before the death I was staying away elsewhere and then I decided to come back home so that I can give them all the support that they need yes. but um, I'm just not winning and I'm frustrated I don't know what to do I'm just seeing my sister's kids like being all over the place not wanting to be guided not wanting to be like, I don't know what to do. Okay, I Mikey. don't know what to do. Okay, so we'll be in touch with you after the show. We've got your details, and we'll, we'll be making contact with you after the show so we can we can help you through this. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much for calling. All right, bye. We have um, time for, for, yeah, line three is Ted, who's calling us from Germiston. Good evening, Ted. Good evening. I'll try to be quick. Um, so, long story short, my mother took her own life when I was nine years old. Um, and what you'll find is there's always questions about how somebody died and the taboo around suicide mm. and how, you know, it can't be discussed and it creates a tension uh, that's actually very palpable amongst family and friends. Yeah. And it makes it difficult to talk about the death. It makes it difficult uh, as kids to grieve because it's, but you can't discuss it. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, you know, during the funeral, they send in friends around the house. But the moment the funeral's done and, and finished, everybody leaves. Yeah. And after they've left, no one will ever pick up the phone to check how the coping. Yes, exactly. How are the kids doing? You know, I had to watch as a 10-year-old boy uh, go shopping with my dad with his teenage daughters to go and buy feminine hygiene stuff because my mother who had remained uh, surviving sisters none of them ever bothered to pick up the phone and check how are the, how are the children doing you know uh, those who are supposed to be my mother's friends never bothered to, to, to check up and you're kind of by yourself essentially and you're left to your own devices and you've got to figure this out you know there's there's no one to turn to. There's no one to go and ask for help because you don't feel as if you can ask anyone for help because no one ever spoke about know, it. 
speaks about it yeah. or makes that offer. Yeah. Um, and also just that taboo. You, you, I remember you mentioned something about culture. That taboo around suicide and it's looked down upon because somebody has taken their own life. And mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 it makes it so, so hard to talk about. Yes. And it actually makes it difficult to to deal with. Hence, it makes it even more harder to grieve because you can't talk about it. You have to bottle it all up. Yeah. No, thank you so much for your call and thank you for sharing your, 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 your experiences, Ted. Thank you. Okay, so in closing, Dagalo and Tepiso, Dagalo, Chisapungo and Tepiso Matlala, um, what practical tips do you have for caregivers? We're running out of time, so just a, you know, a quick wrap-up of what can help parents or caregivers who are going through this. I think the more we speak, the more it becomes normal. So I think it's about let's let's start having the conversation. Obviously, let's not have a meeting, but let's start having the odd conversations here and there. And then the more we, be, we make it normal, it becomes easier for us. Yeah, more or less the same thing. Communication is the best. Let's not hide. Let's talk about it. Let's allow the kids to know that death is real and it do happen. And where can we find you? We'll be putting you in touch with Maggie because we you know she definitely yes. needs help. But where can we find you? You can contact us at 073-438-7777 or 083-491. Two double three zero. You can also find us on Facebook, Adult Psychosocial Services. Okay, so I'll be posting your details um, after the show on my on my um, Twitter. And yeah, as a closing from me, my sidebar when it comes to grief really is that we need to talk about it. We can't um, have our heads, you know, in the sand. And death is one of those things that we eventually have to face. So I think my my challenge was that I never thought my mom would die. And I think a lot of us walk through life never imagining that. So something that we have to face, it's a reality and it's part of our lives. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.